Hello and welcome to the Blockade Runner podcast number 78. This is John and joining me tonight is Ryan. Hello. And uh, guess what? Star Wars Resistance debuted this weekend on Disney Channel and uh, for us on the Disney Now app, which is uh, where we watched it. And um, we are going to talk about the first three episodes of Star Wars Resistance tonight. Um, the, uh, the first one aired on television um, but, uh, the first three episodes are up on Star Wars, or I'm sorry, up on, uh, Disney now. So, uh, Ryan and I, um, actually both checked out all three of the episodes that are posted now, and we're going to talk about all of them a little bit. I feel like maybe we'll focus mainly on the recruit or maybe not mainly, but you know, that's like the, the introduction to the whole show. And then the other two episodes are, are, uh, more kind of standard, what I'm assuming will be standard episodes, but, um, um, if you have not watched Star Wars Resistance at all yet, um, I guess up to you if you want to listen further or maybe come back and check the show out after you've seen those episodes. I was thinking about this, Ryan, and I feel like it's not these episodes uh, early on here are pretty low stakes and, and it's a lot of exposition and introduction to different characters and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, I sort of feel like it's not really spoilery kind of territory. You know what I mean? Um like yeah. you can listen to a conversation about these episodes before or after you watch them and it wouldn't make that big of a difference, but um, yeah. I mean, aside from Kaz dying in the second episode. <laughs> yeah, that was sad. Um, mm-hmm. no, um, you know, it's, it's obviously, uh, your call listener or viewer, if you want to hear about these episodes before you see them. But, um, uh, I feel like most people could probably access them on the Disney now app one way or another. Um, Although I, I, I did have a little trouble with that. <laughs> no, they say that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's up um, in all regions. I don't think the Disney Now app is accessible in certain regions. And if you don't have cable. Yeah, actually, that's a great point because uh, I don't think it airs until um, this weekend in the UK. And I'm not sure when Australia and, you know, other parts of the world are, are getting it. Um, so yeah. um, we have uh, at least a few listeners from those areas. So um, yeah, maybe we're jumping the gun for you, but uh, hold on to this one. Hold on to this episode in your in your podcast catcher of choice and, and maybe come back to it then. Um, or like I said, if you're, if you're not super invested or, or uh, maybe not ultra psyched about, uh, about resistance, I, I feel like these are Again, um, there's no big reveals or you know, huge moments where um, mm-hmm. they're going to be spoiled from us talking about them, I don't think. so. Yeah. Cool. All right, well, let's jump into it. Uh, we, we talked about our, our, our anticipation and our hopes for the show and stuff um, over the last couple months. Um, in our most recent episode, we talked a little bit about it um, when those uh, sweet-looking toys were revealed. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we kind of both set our piece, but uh, why don't we just say, like, before we dig in further, kind of where we landed on it, uh, where did you land on on the show, Ryan? How do you, how do you feel about it after watching a couple episodes? Um, I'd say like now that we're three episodes in, and I have a feel for what the show is going to be. Um, I think it's uh, going to be pretty fun. Um, I think that's kind of the the key word here. Um, this is not. Um, I don't think this show will end up being as high stakes as um, 
something like Rebels, um, even, but um, I think just the general vibe of the show, and I put it in our show notes as uh, Star Wars Episode Seven Racer, mm-hmm. um, which I feel like is pretty pretty appropriate. It does feel like, um, you know, we got the pod race scene in Episode One, and then there were a couple video games that kind of expanded on the pod ca- pod race, um, like scene like uh and what it was kind of in the sport and what it was all about and how there were like these characters and these rivalries and stuff um i feel like this is going to be somewhere between um you know like episode one racer for nintendo 64 and rebels Mm -hmm. um like it's gonna kind of land there i mean just going by these first three episodes like who knows like there is potential for it to get higher stakes and more dark uh, the closer we get to Force Awakens um, in the in the timeline. Um, this is set, like, what, six months before Force Awakens? Yeah, I think six months, yep. So it could go there, and that would be interesting because things are so light right now. Um, within the the context of the show, but I'm I'm kind of okay with it either way. Like I don't think I will be disappointed if it doesn't like you know go that deep into like the um, atrocities of the first order, um, and if it if it just kind of sticks to like there's this competitive racing scene. Um, on this uh, carrier and uh, I mean I guess we'll talk more about this when we talk about the potential for the show but just like what it is right now in these first three episodes like I'm pretty okay with it's not like the most like oh my god I can't stop thinking about it like last Jedi type stuff um, when it comes to Star Wars but um I think it will be like I had fun with these first three episodes and I think it will be consistently fun going forward. What Mm -hmm. about you? Yeah. I mean, I think about on the same page as you, um, I really didn't expect um, anything beyond that. And actually uh, I guess I'd say um, I I feel like it's, it feels in tone and style a little closer to rebels than I thought it would, which I think is a good thing um, because I thought it would, it would really, um, and and it is, but I thought it would be really targeted towards, you know, seven year olds. And uh, I I thought that meant um, that it would feel pretty different from the last two star Wars uh, animated shows. And, and in, in a lot of ways it does, but there are some similarities there. It was coming back from commercial break and the music was swelling and there was like this beautiful visual. And, um, you know, there's, there was a dog fight in the opening of the first episode out in space. And there's just, uh, you know, and there was that pirate attack in the second episode there there's, it's, it's really fun. And there's certain elements of it where I feel like, wow, I can really see where this is aimed towards younger kids. Um, and I feel like the plots of most of the episodes will be kind of lower stakes, like you said, lighter fare. Um, but you know, I, I, like I have no issue with that. Um, I'm, I'm living for going to the comic book store every week this month and buying a comic <laughs> that is targeted towards 
eight-year-olds. And um, I'm more excited about that than I am the comics coming out from Marvel uh, each week. I, I just, to me, the fact that it is skewing towards young viewers and, and clearly mm-hmm. targeting that age group, if I know that going in and I know it's going to be sort of light and simple storytelling for the most part, that doesn't really, you know, I can I can enjoy that quite a bit. And, uh, and so, yeah, there was nothing about these episodes I didn't like, uh, to be honest. Um, I, re- I really liked everything about them. And, uh, like you said, it's not going to be the kind of Star Wars storytelling, at least so far, it doesn't seem like it'll be the kind of Star Wars storytelling that's going to really stick with me and, and, uh, you know, have my mind racing and, and, you know, I'm going to be digging into the symbolism and things like that. Um, <laughs> but that doesn't mean I'm not going to have a great time with the show. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel like we were right on the same page there for the most part. So, um, a, a blind spot I have in Star Wars is um, another animated series, the the Lego Star Wars: The Freemaker Adventures. Yeah, um, which I also believe is aimed at like a uh, like six to ten year old demographic mm-hmm. like that it seems to be something that um is aiming towards the same demographic and i feel like that would p- potentially be a better like comparison point but i haven't actually seen any of that yeah so. i've seen a handful of episodes of that show um okay. and you know that's a great thing to bring up actually i haven't thought about that at all that's a great thing to bring up because to me watching that show it's much more clear like, hey, this is a separate thing from something like Rebels or Clone Wars. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's really silly. Um, lots of like kind of slapsticky humor. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to talk down about that show either because the, the episodes I watched, I, I liked them better than I thought I would because, you know, I like the Lego Star Wars games. But beyond that, it just didn't. Uh, it's not something I was interested in as You're a, way not of, a huge of, Lego guy. I'm not a huge Lego guy, but also that kind of humor. Like I, I've never watched the uh, robot chicken star Wars specials. I've never watched the family guy robot or I mean the family guy star Wars specials. And, and I'm not saying that like Lego star Wars comedy and humor is the same as those sorts of the, sorts of things. But when mm-hmm. it comes to taking star Wars and like, Hey, we're gonna make a comedy uh, sort of show like a, a spoofy kind of comedy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's just not something I'm interested in. And and again, Lego Star Wars is not quite the same as that stuff, but you know, it just, it it's not something it's that really appeals to me. Hmm? Yeah. It's similar. silly. Yeah. Extremely silly. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yes. So anyway, watching resistance, it's not like that. It's not, it's not being goofy for the sake of being goofy, you know, in terms of goofing on Star Wars, I guess I should say it's yeah. light. It's humorous. There are points when you see Kaz like going like through the air, like, Whoa, you know, and falling. I mean, it's, it's funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's funny. And it's definitely uh, lighthearted, but it's, it's Star Wars. They are making Star Wars. They're not making mm-hmm. something that is riffing on Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like Lego Star Wars is a little closer, even the Freemaker Adventures, which again, yeah. all credits to them. What I watched, I thought was definitely beyond my expectations. I thought they did a good job with it. And that mm-hmm. was their intent. That was their purpose. They wanted to make something that was more in that direction. That was the, that was the 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 goal, um, mm-hmm. so that's that's great. But but this is not that. It's not trying to be something other than Star Wars storytelling. It's just a, a more of a lighthearted, um, you know, aged to down version of it. But yeah, you know what? It kind of I think even reminds me more so of now that I'm thinking about it, like the vibe of it, because the vibe is different than Rebels or mm-hmm. Clone Wars. Uh, um, it, it, 
it kind of reminds me more of Forces of Destiny in that, like, it's a very colorful, like, there's going to be some adventure, like, maybe not adventure, but some, like, action. There's going to be, like, some banter. Um, it's, you kind of know things are going to work out. Um, I don't know. Like, it is, but... It, I think it has, like, shades of all this different Star Wars animation, but it is, it really is kind of its own thing. And mm-hmm. I think, like, there's this uh, this rush, and obviously we are doing it right now, to compare it to something that came before, but really it's both an amalgamation of so much different stuff. Um, it also feels, again, extremely like a video game in both the way it looks and the um, general premise and everything around it and the characters and the archetypes and everything. But it also has like these shades of other Star Wars animation. It's it's interesting. Yeah, I think that there's like a spectrum, you know, like Clone Wars is definitely all the way on one side and then mm-hmm. Forces of Destiny would be all the way on the other side um, in terms of that one being the most um, light and sort of, uh, I don't want to say inconsequential because some of those Forces of Destiny, you know, uh, shorts do kind of address like moments from the saga that we had wondered about and hadn't seen and stuff, but it just feels like they're trying to like a slice of life, like a moment in the life of these characters Mm -hmm. more so than like, Hey, let's advance the plot of something or let's really do something consequential. It's just like, Hey, if you ever wanted to know what happened in those 15 minutes of Jin Erso's life, like here it is versus we're going to really kind of have an arc and you know what I'm saying? So anyways, that that's all the way on the other side. Clone Wars is like sometimes super heavy, pretty violent, pretty dark, pretty, you know, uh, weighty and, and that sort of thing. And then I think Rebels is a step removed from that from Clone Wars. And then this is definitely, it seems so far, a step removed from from Rebels in terms of making things a little lighter, less heaviness, et cetera. Um, it's aged down a little bit. But um, but I, 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 I still, though, am just a little surprised at, at um, how much it did feel, I don't know, there, there's there's something about the storytelling and... and, and um, and just the way the show comes across that reminded me more of Rebels and Clone Wars than I thought it would, you know, mm. it definitely feels like the little sibling of those shows, I think more so than a separate thing from them, at least so far to me. Mm. So, um, which is, which is cool. So, uh, well, let's talk about the plot of the show a little bit, um, mm-hmm. and, and kind of go from there. I mean, we've started to address those things, but, um, you know, our, our first episode here, the recruit were, were introduced. Well, first off, I love the opening of the recruit. Um, it doesn't start off on this space station. It starts off in space. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Kaz in, uh, in an X-Wing actually in a new Republic X-Wing. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Um, and yeah. that's an example of like, Hey, there is going to be some stuff in this show that's like of consequence and, and, and really interesting. Yeah. Um, it's as, as far as the, the like the, the the Star Wars site and the episode guide and stuff goes. Uh, it, it seems that we've never actually seen like the the New Republic um, insignia on a uniform or anything like that before. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever seen a New Republic X-wing or pilot before. Um, that's that's pretty cool. Like you're seeing brand new Star Wars uh, stuff in the opening shots of this of this show so yeah um, and it's interesting just to like even 
to hang on that for a moment and think about like how like what the new republic is and how it is this like demilitarized organization of um more akin to like a united nations um type of uh type of group and like and that shows in like that new republic x-wing which is like white and blue like it's like it's meant to be like colorful and um like i guess those are like friendly colors maybe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um in a way like but also at the same time they're also like police colors yeah in a way and that like i think that right there like tells a lot about um you know what we're stepping into and any like and I mean, we'll get into this um, later because it's one of the, the highlights of it for me is like any glimpses we're seeing at this new era, um, you know, post Return of the Jedi um, and like that time between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, I think is like it's super fascinating. I loved it in the Aftermath books. I loved it in the Shattered Empire um, comics uh, miniseries, like, and getting more of that is just—it's going to be really cool because there's so many unanswered questions and so many things that we didn't even know we had questions about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I mean, I, 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 yeah, absolutely. And and uh, shortly after uh, the the pilot episode, the recruit starts, uh, we see Poe and. Um, Leia uh, in in some kind of meeting strategizing or something like that talking about confidential mm-hmm. things that Kaz isn't supposed to hear and and mm-hmm. so we don't hear because he's our kind of point of view character but even that right there that's tantalizing you know the idea mm-hmm. that we could get more of that sort of more scenes between Poe we will get more scenes between Poe and and Leia and and no sort sort of like more about what they were thinking and what the status of the the resistance was right before Force Awakens and um, you know, some of the material that's come out, um, interviews and episode guides and stuff since, since the show debuted has indicated that, uh, it will cross over with, with the force awakens. Um, Mm -hmm. these timeline timelines will cross over. Um, I wonder even if that'll happen in the first season, you know, cause I, I don't know that they're necessarily working on the second season already. Um, if they're following a, a timeline like clone wars and rebels and stuff, I guess they probably are. Cause I think, uh, I know for sure Clone Wars was already like two seasons in production wise before the first episode aired. Um, mm. So they could be working on a second season already and may- maybe they know that. But anyway, it's going to happen. We're going to see The Force Awakens that that period of time. And so even mm. just knowing that, I mean, it feels like there's the potential for some heavier stakes and things to sort of be brought into the show, I think still in a more lighthearted way. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, there, there's opportunities to see some really cool stuff. And we're already starting to see that right away. Yeah, I also think um, like one of my favorite parts about the the aftermath trilogy is just how like the like common people react, like how they feel about um, both the galactic civil war and both about like these rumblings of this first order, um, you know, out in the the deep space. What is it called? The wild space, or no? Um... Oh my goodness. We, I read this all the time. I hear I it all the time. Uh, 
outer mm-hmm. regions no unknown uh, regions there unknown you. regions there we go yeah, yeah like um how because we do have like another thing i think is really cool about this show is we have just these like common people who are on this like weird like racing aircraft carrier (laughs) drilling platform i have no idea what the colossus really even is right and like why anyone would want to like go there and live (laughs) um but whatever um but anyways these people live there and they also like it's almost like in a way they're like living this um i don't know like detached existence because mm-hmm. they are in this like private island essentially yeah. um that is separate from everything that has gone on and like as we know like some of the characters went there post galactic civil war and because they don't want to be a part of like what's going on like planet side um but uh i don't know like i think there's again like it's all coming down to potential and i know that's like our last bullet point here but i keep just like everything is just tied to the potential of this show to tell the stories of these people who are essentially living out Finn's early dream, which is just to escape from the conflict. Like what happens to these people who are living that when the war comes home, essentially like that, I think is there's like so much potential for like really cool storytelling there. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's exciting to think about it in those terms. I like that. Um, for sure. And, and I think it's really interesting that it's on the, the edge of the unknown regions and that the first order we know have collected and sort of grown out there in the unknown regions. Like it's a, it's, it's, it's maybe a bridge, you know, it's a bridge, uh, between sort of what we're seeing in the sequel trilogy and, and that whole kind of thing, you know, the unknown regions, all that stuff. I'm, I'm really excited to learn more about that. And, uh, it just feels like it's a different, it feels like it's a really different, um, setting for star Wars for sure. And it feels like it's, it's not just retreading, you know, well, oh, it's set on uh, Tatooine or it's set on, um, mm-hmm. you know, Coruscant or, or a planet, even if it was a new planet, but a planet that's in like one of those same systems and has a similar biosphere, mm-hmm. just all that stuff. It just feels like it's really like, this is, this is a, a kind of star Wars story that we haven't seen a lot of if, if any, you know, so I think that's really fun. Yeah. Um, as far as the story goes, you know, like after Kaz, uh, I, I want to say real quick that that space battle, I thought it was a really cool way to open the show, but also it, it, it right away. I think that kind of tells you something too, because it was, it was really kind of slow moving for a star Wars space battle. I felt like it sort of felt yeah. like the ships were just like hovering there in space at times and literally at one point. <laughs> yeah. Like... Yeah. It just, it didn't have the kind of like, intensity there's no like kinetic energy yeah like, it didn't it have that like a like a star Wars lower space less intense <laughs> yeah 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 yep so in and again you know i still enjoyed it but it, it's it's definitely different in that regard so um yeah so yeah uh anyway um so after that uh kaz you know he, he's he's uh, rescued by poe 
um, and Poe's impressed by Kaz and, and offers them a chance to, to join the, the, um, resistance, which he does and gives him this mission to be posted up here at the Colossus and, uh, you know, sets him up with, we meet all these different, you know, primary characters in this first episode, um, sets him up with eager who seems like he's going to be kind of his mentor figure. Um, although I think there's, there's potential with eager. We'll see. Um, but, uh, sets him up with him and, and then basically introduces us to the, to the whole racing thing on, on Colossus as well. Um, and that first episode, um, kind of culminates with, with this, this big race between Kaz and Tora Doza. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's that episode is 45 minutes long. It's a double episode. It's our pilot and we meet so many characters. I feel like it was really, it was just all about setting everything up, obviously, as mm-hmm. you expect an, an initial episode to be. But I thought it was fun. I thought they did a really good job of of introducing a lot of different characters and and uh, and kind of just getting us right into this whole, you know, Colossus racing scene and all that stuff. So, um, you know, again, the, this, the stakes of this pilot episode, they're not huge. It's just like, can he win this race? I guess, <laughs> can he survive the race? So that's good. Yeah. Um, but But it was really fun, I thought. Yeah, it's so funny how it's like um how it, it does start with this like space battle. It's like here's here's the here's the Star Wars you want, here's yeah. like the Star Wars you expect. And then it's like, okay, enough of that. Now here's like the real story. And then it like digs in then you like when you get on the Colossus is kind of like really where the show starts. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, but I think it makes a lot of sense because it's like, well, we want to have, uh, uh, I, and I've, I'm going to overuse this phrase to death, but we want a lighter, more low stakes, you know, Star Wars show. But there's got to be, you know, kind of, we, we got to have the conflict in there in some way. And we want there to be, you know, some importance to what to what's going on. And so I think for, for Kaz to be, um, for Kaz to be someone who's, uh, you know, given this kind of important mission, but he's got to be a spy. He's got to lay low. So it's like he can do all these sort of everyday things and be around all these everyday people, but there's still that thread of this is connected to that larger uh, storytelling and that larger conflict mm-hmm. and stuff. I think it really works. The other thing I think is really interesting about Kaz too, which I was kind of thinking about as I was reading through the episode guide and stuff like that. Um, Kaz is from Hosnian Prime and his father is a senator. And, um, you know, I think that's cool because we, in the sequel trilogy so far, we know about the resistance. We know about the first order. We're introduced to characters from that world, from this fringe radical group. Um, but we don't see a lot of the actual government, the new Republic, uh, while it still exists in the force awakens, I guess, but we don't really get much of that world at all. So, um, it, it, it's kind of interesting that he's got a, that he has a link to and sort of acts as a link to, um, you know, that world. And, uh, and he has to sort of rebel against his parents, you know, even just to be part of the resistance because that's not what he's supposed to do and where they want him to be and all that. Um, I think that's pretty interesting. I like that. Yeah. And, I mean, that's that's interesting. I actually didn't know that. I knew like his dad was part of the Republic, but I hadn't really put the pieces together like that he was like stationed on Hosnian Prime. Well, I I think he's from Hosnian Prime. I believe that's his home planet. 
Cas. Okay. I'm trying to see where the it's in the databank or the episode guide or something. Somewhere it's in there. Um, I'm pretty sure. Definitely positive I read that. <laughs> I just don't okay. know. So, yeah. Um if I'm wrong, I apologize, but I'm I'm ninety-nine percent sure he's he's from Hosnian Prime. Yeah. And I mean that like that could definitely be a tonal shift for the show if um you know if this does cross over with force awakens and hosnian prime is destroyed yeah um with kaz's father on it yeah i mean i i I feel like you know that whole world is basically going to be snuffed out um you know, when Starkiller Base fires on it. And we saw Starkiller Base even in the first episode, mm-hmm. you know, which was great, was really cool to see an animated version of Starkiller Base. I mean, it didn't do anything. It just hovered there, but it was yeah. there in space, but it was cool. <laughs> it was just cool to see it, you know. Yeah. That's, a, that's an immediate, like, um, visual link back to uh, back to The Force Awakens and, and a reminder that, like, hey, this is part of this larger conflict. So uh, I really like that. But, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I don't know how they'll avoid it's weird because I feel like the show is is definitely more targeted towards younger kids and they're trying to yeah. avoid um, heavier storylines and stuff. But at the same time, we know it's going to cross over with Force Awakens. We're seeing Starkiller Base already. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, there's going to be mm-hmm. like a massive genocide that's going to take place <laughs> during the storytelling of this of this show. Um, so I feel like that, that'll be addressed in some way. So, yeah, yeah. And the, like, that's... <laughs> It's so interesting because you watch the first three episodes and you're like, ah, there's Poe Dameron, ah, there's BB-8, ah, there's Starkiller Base. Like, yeah, this is definitely this time period. But then, like, the stuff that's actually happening is really just about, like, <laughs> as, like, making friends and l- learning how to be a mechanic and stuff. And, it f- and like, maybe, maybe a racer. Mm-hmm. Like it's there's like i don't know it's interesting and like that's what i was saying like i'm like i mean i'm i want that like deeper connection to um the um sequel trilogy and all of that but like also like i found myself like surprisingly okay with just like what the you know what the story was and um again it's something i've brought up multiple times on this podcast is one of my favorite duologies of star wars books is the med star books which is just basically the um you know just like a hospital essentially (laughs) like in the story of like those characters there and it like ties into like the greater um i guess it was clone wars um and like that like prequel trilogy like like conflict and everything but it really was just about like people on like on the ground just like in a central location taking care of like just doing their jobs in this like bigger picture and I think those kind of stories are like really, really cool um, in Star Wars when we like when we know there are these like literally like galactic stakes that are happening. Um, but I think like the smaller stories are cool, but then it's also cool when they do, you know, 
um, link to the bigger story. And yeah, and and part of me, I'm looking at this cast list, and I'm wondering, you know, all of these people are, uh, or most of these characters are pilots. You know, um, they've already in the second episode fended off an attack from pirates. Yeah, so we know that they can. <laughs> yeah, that's also a thing that's happening here. Yeah. Um, so, but we know they can handle themselves and they can fight back and all that stuff. And I'm wondering like if this whole Colossus racing, all that sort of thing is really season one and, you know, um, by season two, they're all going to be flying in the resistance or something, you know? Uh, and I'm not saying I want that. I don't know that I necessarily do want that. Cause I kind of mm-hmm. love the idea of it just being a show about <laughs> these people on this station and racing and, you know, yeah. um, but I wonder, like, it, it that really feels like it could be a first season thing where, you know, we follow 20 episodes, 22 episodes of racing and, and that sort of stuff. And, and then, um, you know, by the end of that, it, it's changing directions in some way, especially with them talking about how it's going to overlap with The Force Awakens and all that sort of stuff. Um, I mean, I can't imagine after the destruction of Hosnian Prime and Starkiller Base, you know, being um, being used and all that, that they're just like, whoa, that sucked. Also, uh, who's going to win the race next week? You know, like it, it feels like if, if they're, <laughs> if they're racing towards not, not to, you know, use a bad pun or whatever, but if they're racing towards that <laughs> timeline and that those events, um, it's hard to think that it would go back to, you know, after that, just being <laughs> like about cool race ships and races and you know what I mean? <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm yeah. really curious. Um, and, and I'm, I think I'm just like really open to whatever they're going to do with it. I'm just curious yeah. to see what it's going to be. You know, I don't know that I have uh, like a preference necessarily for what I want it to be. Yeah. I'm kind of in the same place because I think with like, with rebels, there was a, a whole lot of me being like, Oh, I hope they don't do this. I hope yeah. they don't go there. Oh, and yep. They sure they're did. going yeah. there. Yeah wow, they're going there and they're going past there. <laughs> okay. Um, and, you know, like, uh, where, like, th- there was a a show I desperately wanted Rebels to be. Mm. Um, and it was that for a little while and then it stopped being that and became something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, like, disappointing yeah um to me but like with this like i'm like i'm i'm okay with it being small scale and like i want to know about bo keeval and <laughs> like these uh, these pilots and their like super cool looking ships that i want toys of and i mm-hmm. want a video game of um but then yeah. like at the same time like if yeah if they end up becoming like a resistance squadron like a like a black squadron or something mm-hmm. like that is also super cool and they like you know i don't know they they meet ray or something <laughs> like whatever well we'll get to, um, we'll get to that kind of thing when we talk about the potential of the show yeah. a little further but uh but yeah no i i agree and uh you know, you brought up Rebels. I love Rebels. I really loved season one of Rebels. I loved it mm-hmm. so much. It's some of my favorite stuff. I loved it. Um, but I felt like in seasons two, three, and four, it really expanded in a lot of different ways and became a lot of different things. And that sort of tight focus of, of season one um, is what I love the most. And 
But with this show, I feel like, you know, we've only seen three episodes. I still really don't know what it is going to be or what it's going to kind of want to be. And I guess I wouldn't have known that so much with Rebels after only three episodes either. But I thought season one of Rebels, and, and I've said this before, but I thought season one of Rebels was just so perfectly focused on this family of the ghost crew and, you know, why they mattered to each other and what they could do to help each other and their goal of, you know, protecting and fighting, protecting Lothal and fighting back against the empire there on Lothal. Um, mm-hmm. And then I thought in seasons two, three, and four, there were still great episodes and there was great stuff, but I also thought it tried to be too many different things and tried too much to be a bigger story than, than it started out as. So I don't want that to happen with this show. Um, but in the same way, this is, is sort of like right now it's like, Hey, these people live on the classes and let's kind of, you know, follow them on some fun, um, sort of lighthearted, you know, adventures and stuff. I feel like that could happen in a different location too. Like the, the show, as long as it doesn't try to become something too important and too serious and too weighty and stuff, like I wouldn't necessarily mind it if the focus of this, of the plots changed as long as like it remained a sort of a similar thing in terms of, you know what I mean? Like the kinds of stories it's telling. I think it could do that in a, in a different location or even, you know, with the different, uh, different sort of focus. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's early to be talking about that kind of stuff, I guess. I know. Yeah. And that's what I think we just keep going back to the potential. Um, and I think that's, I mean, like it's an enjoyable show to watch. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of my concerns with like the production values and the animation stuff, I think they were pretty much alleviated after just settling into it. Um, I don't think it's like the best uh, looking animated show. And I don't, I still think like, I still stand by my belief that, the a Star Wars animated show should be the best looking animated show on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, and it's not that, but I'm okay with it. Ultimately, I still think the art design is great. And I think the, the character designs are really, really great. Um, so like, I, I, I enjoy watching the show, but like, I'm also just, like insanely excited about like where it could go and what it could be. And Mm -hmm. it like, again, like I think it's, if this show ends up going for three seasons or four seasons or whatever, and it all takes place on the Colossus and every, you know, every season ends with them all like sitting around aunt Z's tavern. (laughs) Like (laughs) I'm like, totally cool with that um but if it does become like this bigger like well uh this is happening at our doorstep this is affecting us personally we need to you know we need to like cut this racing crap and (laughs) go you know do something be part of something bigger um then I like that's cool too, and I get it is called resistance, so mm-hmm. you you think there'd be some resisting at some point? Yeah, right. Like it's not called Star Wars. Like check out these cool ray ships flying through rings. You know, it's called Star Wars Resistance, <laughs> which is like the name of the military 
institution and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it mm-hmm. does seem like it should. And, you know, we know the first order is going to factor into the show too. And, and we've seen hints of that so far. We've seen a couple scenes with first order uh, characters and, and, and they're continually brought up, but it seems like that'll expand as the show goes on too. Um, let's, let's just talk about like, we're going out of order here as far as our notes go, but uh, mm-hmm. this has been pretty, you know, we're just kind of following the conversation anyway. So that's okay. Let's just talk about the visuals real quick while, you know, you've brought that up instead of trying to come back to it later. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like, well, let, let me tell you what I think about it, um, yeah. which is, which is pretty much, you know, how I felt um, initially um, based on the trailers and stuff too. But I think, it's gorgeous looking in terms of the aesthetic, like the design, um, not just the character design, but the environments and the color palette and um, just the whole visual approach, the, the style of, of, of the art, all of that stuff. I think it's gorgeous. I love it. And there were some shots, um, especially in the first episode, The Recruit, um, but throughout where I thought it was genuinely just beautiful. Um, I loved it. You know, there was a shot uh, when they were standing out on the, you know, I, I don't know what you call it, like the deck or whatever of the Colossus. And it was like twilight, like dusk time. And the colors were were really, you know, really popped. And I thought were really, um, uh, really impressive. And 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 there's there were some cool um, kind of establishing shots too. There was a point where Kaz had to like walk around through some marketplace or whatever. And there was this like, overhead shot. And you saw the flags and stuff. Um, I don't know. I think it looks really, really great. Um, there's definitely the animation issue, which, you know, you've brought up and that's, that's separate from, from the look, um, <laughs> you know, the, the still look of it, the animated thing. And, you know, I can definitely see, um, where you're coming from with that, but every once in a while I'd kind of notice it, but for the most part, it, I, I really didn't notice it that much. So it sounds like it didn't distract you too much either. Like it wasn't overly distracting for you, the, the quality of the animation. No, no, but like you do notice it sometimes mm-hmm. there's sometimes like definitely times do. where it's like, wow, there's like, <laughs> like not many frames of animation in this like sequence or like a facial expression or something, or someone will just be like, staring dead-eyed for a while and it's like almost like a video game cutscene for like a second and you're like yeah eh? and then like it's fine i feel like i notice it the most with the um with the the dialogue like the the, the movement of the faces and the mouths mm-hmm. and stuff like it's you know i can i can notice it there probably the most um and and other little moments and stuff too but um you know uh, like there's a scene in I think Fuel for the Fire where Kaz is kind of like crouching and sort of like crawling around on the floor, and um, you know I just remember feeling like yeah that looks pretty cartoony and not like super fluid in terms of mm-hmm. you know the animation and stuff. But for me that's a pretty minor complaint. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't really distract me too much. So, um, but uh, are you similarly impressed with like the colors and the the design and yeah. You know, the, did you feel too that there were some like genuinely like just pretty gorgeous shots and in pretty impressive like yeah i think i uh, like you notice them a lot in like the establishing shots and mm-hmm. um i think also the um the character designs i think are great like these are some like really distinct looking characters yep um and i think the uh the racer ship designs also are just like super super cool they just they um remind me of like 
just like an N64 racing game mm-hmm. or something like and it, and that could be Star Wars Episode 1 Racer but also like all of those like wipeout inspired F0 type games like they look straight out of that yeah yeah and and like i said on our last episode or whenever the last time we talked about this is uh or was um i'm not as familiar with you know the anime stuff as you are but i feel like that's one of the places where i really noticed that that anime influence too is Mm -hmm. in those ships and just yeah you know the look of the ships and stuff like that so um yeah i'm definitely into that as well uh let's talk about the characters a little bit um Mm -hmm. We have our, are, are you looking at the databank on, yeah. on Star Wars? Okay. So our top row here, um, and we'll link to this, of course, in the show notes, but our top row has our kind of like primary characters. Um, I don't think we want to necessarily go through them one by one or anything like that. We can, you know, we'll be talking about them uh, all season long and beyond probably. But uh, what do you, let's, let's get this one out of the way. What do, what do you think about Cass? Because <laughs> I feel like he's going to be the, uh, the one that's going to bother some people. He's, though, he's not for me. Mm-hmm. that's not the character that I'm that like me as like a a man in his late 30s is supposed yeah. to identify with uh-huh. he's like like a goofy klutz he's the um like he's a he's a klutz but he also has that um you know like that determination like he's He's just your like archetypal boys TV show main character. Like yeah. he's he's Ash Ketchum. He's Ezra Ezra Bridger. Like mm-hmm. he's you know, yeah, e- exactly that. And um, he he's my least favorite part. Yeah, say. yeah, I would probably agree with that. I would probably agree with that. But um, I know a lot of people hated Ezra. Um, I never hated Ezra. Um, I, I, I kind of liked Ezra sometimes. In fact, some of the, some of the moments in, in rebels that made me most emotional were related to Ezra. Um, mm-hmm. I, I could, and I think Kaz is exactly the same. Cause I can see where in, in there's plenty of moments where it might just feel like in, in the moment to moment expressions and, and actions of the characters, like, Oh, he's being kind of annoying. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if, if like when I zoom out and think about who this character is and, and what he means to the show and, and stuff like that, it's like, well, he's a good hearted character, best mm-hmm. intentions, you know, um, in the end does well, but you know, can kind of annoy the, you know, annoy you on the way there. <laughs> um, that's kind of how I feel about him. So I, I have a lot of uh, patience for for characters like that. I think like I had a lot of patience yeah. for Ezra, um, and and so he doesn't bother me. But I, but I certainly see where the frustration would come in for a lot of people, and I definitely think he'll be polarizing, and uh, a lot of people probably won't be a huge fan of of Kaz, which yeah, you know, is fine. And the thing is, like, you know, there's another character in like Star Wars that is also cut from that same mold, and it's basically. A New Hope, Luke Skywalker. Yeah, right. Like okay. that's where all this comes from. Like, yeah. and uh, you know, people, you know, tend to tend to forget that. But like, there's not a huge difference between like season one Ezra Bridger and the first half of A New Hope, Luke Skywalker. Like, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think the difference with Ezra though is that like by season four, there'd be some episodes where he felt like you know, return of the Jedi, Luke Skywalker, but then they'd go right back to him being a new hope. Luke <laughs> That's Skywalker. true. And, true. and, you know, he matured, but not 
permanently. He would mature and then <laughs> regress. Know, regress, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and you know, Kaz seems like I mean, we're early, uh, but I, I feel like Kaz is always to a certain extent gonna be this, you know, a new hope era Luke Skywalker. But yeah. you know, Ezra had a lot more potential, I think, to mature and become a, a more serious character than Kaz seems to, but uh, but we'll see. So yeah. uh Tora yeah. and Tam I think are both great. Like uh-huh. I'm getting a kick out of both of them. I think they're both really good. Um, and uh, the voice acting, especially for Tam, I think is, mm-hmm. is really good. Yeah. Not- I was going to bring, bring her up in particular. Like I like Tora um, right now. She just kind of seems like a foil for Kaz in a way. Um, and we and have I think it- a potential romantic interest for him too. You a know? rival but- romantic interest. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think like her design is really cool. I really like the way she looks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Tam is like, Tam is like one of my like top three characters, like where I'm like, man, I really want to know like, what is her deal? Yeah. Um, cause she's like, the the mechanic like the person there who like actually wants to do a good job and like actually cares yeah and um and i don't know i think she's interesting and like the voice actress just like nails it like yeah it's so good yeah yeah 100 percent. and uh, i'm sure by the end of the season we'll we'll know these voice actors um you know, sort of how we did like with rebels, I could tell you the names of all the voice actors that played all those primary characters and sort of about them and, and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. like right now, uh, I don't know too many of them yet. Um, too fresh, but, too fresh. I've like read interviews and yeah. like see videos with them, but like, I can't like, I'm not like, Oh, that's Vanessa Marshall. Like, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think Tam will be, uh, will be a great character for sure. And I think it's interesting too. I feel like in the first couple episodes, they've, they've sort of, played up uh to a certain extent her relationship with Yair, uh jaeger and uh maybe like a little bit of jealousy or a little bit of feeling like well what has kaz done to earn this place and so yeah um that that should be interesting because i think like she is obviously clearly much more qualified than kaz as far as the mechanic mm-hmm. stuff goes and and seems to be a little confused about why jaeger is is letting this like snot-nosed kid come in and you know goof around and goof up <laughs> um so yeah um, that, that'll be interesting interesting to see if they develop that a little further so um one of my favorites ryan is niku i, I yeah. love him yeah yeah he's, he's he's been he's been really funny um the line about eating his pet was uh maybe just a little like slapsticky for me like that line was one where i was like all right i guess so but everything else i've I've really thought he was he was really um interesting and it's just a different kind of character you know um Mm -hmm. there's always like or there's frequently goofy silly characters comedic foils or comedic um characters i guess um in these kinds of shows but there's something about his portrayal the way he's written in the way he thinks differently um that i think is actually really cool uh i think it's it's a it's it's a it's a um, uh, i don't know i don't know exactly how to phrase it but i think it is pretty thoughtful to write the character the way they've written him to sort Mm -hmm. of be representative of you know a different way of of thinking and a different way of kind of interacting and socializing um but in a way that's really fun and likable so i think he's hilarious but i think he's also 
um, almost like when you read like a children's book, like a picture book or something, and there's certain characters in there that like they're they're kind of communicating um, empathy and 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 an idea that we should you know um, sort of accept and respect people who. Uh, come at life a little differently than we do that sort of thing that's that's mm-hmm. the vibe i'm getting from niku but i'm also finding him really funny and entertaining yeah um, yeah and um he almost seems like like a mixture between like c3po and spock and um but there's also like it's like those two characters plus like a ton of heart mm-hmm and that's really it is interesting yeah i feel like his i feel like the humor is kind of like you were saying with like the pet thing like it is like consistently hit or miss yeah like there'll be sometimes where like it's like an eye roll or it's like i actually laugh out loud there's like no real middle ground (laughs) i feel like with his character like um but i i think generally he it hits more than it misses i think so too and i think that like i haven't watched that episode where he, where he delivers that line about the cat uh, or the pet not cat i don't think he said cat i think he just said pet no, but pet. anyway um i haven't watched that line with my kids but i have a feeling my kids would crack up at that like mm. that, that might be that level of humor that kind of joke where you know it's not really going to land so well with us but yeah. <laughs> with, with the with the target audience it might you know um what do you think about Jaeger? He's interesting. Like he he is your Obi-Wan Kenobi, your Kanan. Um, like he's he's seen some stuff. He doesn't really want to get back into the mix. He's just trying to make an honest living. But he's he's gonna be back in the mix. I really like him. Um, and I feel like he's he's empathetic and kind to Kaz, which I really like so far. But there's just something in me that feels like he might be the one who Kaz is ultimately going to find out is like the First Order plant or the one who's working with the First Order or something. What? Uh, that's I, I don't know why I feel that, but I, that's, that's what I feel. I don't get that vibe at all. I don't get that way. I don't get that vibe from the way he acts. But there's just something about the show and the setup of the show and stuff like that. Like I don't know. Uh, I'm feeling like like he just in the way he interacted with Poe and his reluctance kind of to take Kaz on and his reluctance to get back to. I mean, I hope it's like it's it's how they're presenting it, which is that like he got out of the fight a long time ago and he doesn't want to get back into the fight. But, you know, eventually by the end, he'll get dragged back in and he'll 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 be invested again. But part of me wonders if there's a sort of guilt in in what's happening there is actually like not just, well, I got out of this and I and I, you know, I'm reluctant to get back into the fight. But if it's more like I'm working with the other side and I don't feel great about the fact that I'm working with the other side, but you know, that's where Mm. some of that reluctance is coming from. Um, and I think, you know, to, uh, to look at it through that Ryan Johnson lens with the last Jedi, like what would be the hardest thing for Kaz to, to face here, uh, on the Colossus. Um, and you know, this is a kid, this is a show for seven, eight year olds. Maybe, maybe they're not thinking that way at all. Mm. Uh, No reason they have to be, but, um, but if they are, I think finding out, you know, um, at the end of this season or whenever that, that actually Jaeger is the one that he 
you know, is going to find out is, is, is working with the other side. Um, that would be interesting. And if Jaeger had really complicated reasons for doing that, I think that would be really interesting too. Um, yeah. I don't know that he's going to turn out to be like the stroking his chin, like evil bad guy necessarily. Mm -hmm. I think there's room for him to be, to be working with the first order on some level, um, reluctantly and yeah. with regret, you know? Yeah. Um, we saw that in the, in the poke comic. Yeah. Um, in a recent arc. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wonder if there will be like when the war comes home, so to speak, like, will there be like, will everyone be on board to join the resistance? Yeah. Like that's potentially interesting. Um, especially with some of these characters that we haven't really seen yet. Yeah. If we look down at the next row, there's like hype phase on who he was in the, <laughs> the, the, um, pilot. I don't know if he was in the next two episodes at all. Was he? No, I think they were just like, he's a great racer. <laughs> yeah. And he had a, he had a line or two in the, in the, in the yeah. He's um, the Sebulba of, uh, of the Colossus. <laughs> I like Donald Faison though. So um, I bet, I bet that's, that'll, that character will be one that's fun. But um, these next three, Freya, Fenris, Griff Halloran and Bo Keevil. Did we see mm -hmm. them at all in these first three? No, I think we may have seen um, maybe Freya was like on uh, like on the board where it's like, who is Kaz going to face? OK, maybe she was there. I don't know. Um, we, did see, we did see that purple alien that uh, is is one of the toys that was revealed last week. Like uh, what's her name? Oh, yeah. Something with an S. Um, yeah. She's a pirate. We did see her a little bit. But yeah, yeah, and like I mean, all it really says about her in the database is like she's got like this cold demeanor, like Freya. Yeah. Okay. And that's pretty much it. But I think Griff Halloran is the one I want to talk about. Yeah, your show note is pretty interesting here. <laughs> okay, because um, Griff Halloran seems to be. He's like this dude in a tank top and he's got like this really angry looking face and he totally has like empire insignia tats. Yeah. Which when you think about that, like that's another one of those things I was mentioning earlier. Like what is like the context? How do the people on the ground feel about you know, living in a post-galactic civil war era. And so, like, I was thinking about this, and it's um, it almost seems to me, like, wouldn't, like, the, wouldn't, like, having, like, empire tattoos almost be, like, akin to, like, having, like, Confederate flag tattoos now? Um, yeah, I mean, sort of, or akin to having them, you know, 20 years after the civil war, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, cause, cause, well, we probably don't want to get into the politics of the Confederate flag necessarily. We don't yeah. like it. Uh, but you know, having it now is like, uh, it's, is maybe different than it would have been. I, I don't know. I guess I don't know enough about those yeah. politics, but, but like, well, I think we can to, 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 to adopt a symbol like that 150 years later or more into is, display it proudly. Like he's like, he had, maybe he got those tats when he was like in the uh, yeah. service or whatever. Right. But like, 
and now like they they've got to have tattoo removal um <laughs> tech in star wars i would assume well um, yeah you just but, like but, go in a back to tank or something <laughs> But, but the he further also, removed you are from something like that, the more of a choice it is, I think, to adopt that symbolism and that ideology. You know, sure. whereas if if it's like it's you're in the mix and, and it's all around you and there's still some remnant of it, it's like, well, it's probably a messy process to divorce oneself from certain symbols and ideas. But, you know, all these years down the road, uh, you know, if you're choosing to, you know, value that that thing you're you're making that choice uh, it's not so messy it's more like you just you know dove in head first um <laughs> so so anyways i think the, the 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 politics are a little more um complicated when it's it's more recent so like you're saying you know like maybe he was an ex-imperial and the symbols are still there maybe you know because because that's one of the things like when this war is over with the empire and the rebellion um People who are on both sides are going to have to continue to live together, right? Unless just everyone who was on the side of the empire gets straight up executed, you know? Uh, yeah, so which we people. know is definitely not what happened. Right, especially, yeah, Mon Mothma was, like, very forgiving, I think, right? Yeah. And 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 plus, this is out on the outskirts of, like, charted, charted space. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, you figure sort of uh, people who are more on the fringes of society would, would probably be out in that area, too. So sorry, I kind of derailed you there, but no, no, I think it's like fascinating. Um, I think this is like this is a weird character to like <laughs> introduce in this like aimed for young kids <laughs> show yeah. because this takes a there's a lot of processing that like even as adults we're like walking <laughs> through and like what do i think about this yeah yeah. I it, yeah and i i like that it says in the data bank no one is quite certain whether or not griff is a veteran of the imperial navy or whether he just flies old imperial colors to intimidate his opponents so that like makes me think about like in like the late late 80s or early to mid 90s when a lot of like mainstream metal bands like pantera and um slayer were adopting like confederate flags in the case of pantera or um like collecting nazi paraphernalia um and adopting those kind of like aesthetics and stuff in the case of slayer like just to be like tough mm -hmm. like that's I'm shocking yeah like that's a really weird thing too like no matter how you like shake it like this guy seems like really bad news and like extremely problematic as a human yeah in yeah. the star wars universe like he seems like potentially like the biggest like like dickhead who's not like part of like the first order <laughs> that you could have like he's like is he like a sympathizer <laughs> is he like like what is he what is he doing like what's this yeah, guy's I, deal well and when you think about the target audience and stuff like i feel like you know he he's got a pretty bad look and uh <laughs> they're, they're straight up like 
um, slapping the symbol of the bad guys like on him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like it's it's probably a lot of the storytelling and 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 and, and stuff like that's going to be pretty broad or, or pretty straightforward. So. I, I doubt he's like a real complex guy and uh, you know what I mean? Like a tough nut to crack. Like as far as the show goes, I, he's probably going to be just like a jerk, you know? Um, that's my yeah. guess, but yeah, but it certainly brings up some interesting, um, some interesting issues uh, and, and, you know, possibilities. So, yeah. Cause I mean, um, like the empire, like blew up Alderaan, like, <laughs> like that's, that's a lot like yeah and that symbol kind of represents that i don't know no totally like it's a it's a very like um i think it's a very interesting thing to like throw in to a show in 2018 because there's a lot of talk about like symbolism um you know these days and i think a lot of this stuff is appropriate in like the political climate and stuff so like it is that's like a really interesting choice and i really wonder where they're going to go with it and i'm also like i'm like i'm i'm visibly cringing right now like thinking about like the ways it could be done wrong (laughs) and also like i'm surprised that it's that it's there in this show of all places yeah yeah no i mean i bet he'll just be an ex-imperial who's still mean but lost and is still not cool and is still a villain you know um i mean not a villain in the sense that he's a criminal just for you know having associations or thoughts or whatever but uh, a villain in the sense that he's going to be like a bad dude that'd be my guess um but we'll see we'll see how about bo keevil this yellow uh, um, oh my gosh, how is that Jedi slip in my mind? Uh, Plo Koon, uh, yes. this, this yellow masked Plo Koon dude. <laughs> um, yes, I haven't actually <laughs> read his description on the databank. Uh, does it let's see if it says much he, about him? He or... prefers to let the daredevil maneuvers of his lightning fast yellow racer <laughs> do the talking for him. <laughs> like, all right, cool, boom, sounds good to me. Yeah, all right. Um, and, and I love Ryan, I love these aliens too. Um, there's four here listed, uh, Greville, Bolza, Gruel, Flix and Orca. Flix! Flix and Orca <laughs> are the ones that work in the, the sort of part yeah. shop or whatever. They're great. Oh my God, They're really Flix. Good. Great designs. Mm-hmm. Actually, Greville is really a standout to me. Like he's very <laughs> expressive and, and, and. Yeah, um, he's been really entertaining. I think too. He's kind of annoying, but what? I loved him. He's 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 annoying. I don't like him. I I mean, I like him, but I don't like him. Oh my god, I loved him. He was like one of my favorite parts of the show. Yeah. Um, him and uh, him and Aunt Z. I I really like Aunt Z as well. Aunt Z's great. So okay, so Aunt Z is um. Oh my god, was his name? slipping my mind um uh, Ankar Plutt yes Ankar Plutt from the j- junk dealer at um Neem- is it Nima Outpost is that mm-hmm. it? Yeah. okay Nima Outpost yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so like Aunt Z is cut from that species cloth right 
Uh, like if in if you mean that in the sense that she is that species, yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> like she's not sort of like that species or similar to that species. Sure, I think she just sure. is that species. Yeah. Um she's not that Unkar plot uh archetype. Um <laughs> no, she's like that species. Yeah. Yeah. What what is that species? <laughs> mm, not sure. Don't know. Okay. Not sure. Um but I think Star Wars is interesting because it um, it assigns a lot of the same type of um, character traits to entire species um, when it gets into the aliens. Um, I think, like, we have, like, our good aliens, like the Mon Calamari, and, you know, they become, like, natural leaders, and... Um, and then we have, like, the the bad aliens, like the, the Rodians, who are, like, shifty and stuff. But um, with whatever species Unkar Plutt and Aunt Z are, like, I mean, I guess it's maybe, like, an entrepreneurial would be the character trait. But, like, she doesn't seem, like, as shady as Unkar Plutt. Yeah. No, totally. She, she seems great, actually. Yeah. Um, I don't think she seems shady at all, really. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think that maybe it's just a case of, like, that was a great design uh, mm-hmm. on Plutt and an interesting design. And they were like, well, it's the sequel era. We saw an Uncar Plutt or we saw on Plutt in the sequel. So <laughs> let's just make a female on Plutt. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think it let's, might be simple as that. Let's yaddle her up. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking maybe it's 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 just that that simple but but yeah. I've you know I've I've really liked her I mean she's sort of like a an obese Maz Kanata you know what I mean like she yeah. runs this uh actually she might be just ideal weight for her species That's I'm not true. sure <laughs> um, yeah like, can, but, uh, can we get her BMI here <laughs> <laughs> um, she's, she's great I, I really like her yeah um, and I, and I like I like the fact that uh you know even though um, it's this like aircraft carrier on an ocean planet, like you said. Um, it still manages to have a cantina of sorts, and and that feels yeah. very Star Wars. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, cool. Uh... Well, um, you know, we've talked about most of the points on here. Um, mm-hmm. I think we should probably close up on on potential. Um, I, I had tone on here in our show notes, but I feel like we've kind of like been talking about that throughout, yeah. right? It's pretty so, light so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and we really didn't get into kind of the the plot points and you know like a synopsis of the the episodes at all. So um, I I think we uh, we were we were right to say that you know viewers or or listeners could check this out and not feel like we we're going to spoil too much. So so that's good. But um, as sort of our last point of discussion tonight, uh, we should we should talk about the potential of the show and, and where we think it could go. And we've, we've done that in, in terms of plot, but um, I think one big thing for me, like one huge um, a thing that's exciting for me in terms of potential for the show is uh, the idea that there's a lot of sequel era characters that could make their way into this show in one way or another. Um, <laughs> you mentioned Ray. That would be cool. Um, if it crosses over with the force awakens, I think that's certainly possible. Um, although the, the force awakens took place over a pretty short amount of time, you know, so um, maybe not her, but it, it could. Um, so she would be interesting. Um, who else would you want to see um, as far as character, you know, cameos and crossovers? 
I mean, <laughs> like the potential is pretty much endless um, because we've gotten, we have just gotten the most, like, <laughs> which is ridiculous to say, like, over, like, two films of a movie trilogy, um, like, that are, like, it what adds up to, like, f- over five hours of film. Like, we still have only, like, really, from what we're used to as Star Wars fans, we've really barely scratched the surface of the uh, sequel era and the characters and locations like I mean right now like there's no indication um, official indication that the show is going to move beyond the Colossus Mm -hmm. Um, we know that um, you know Kaz is looking for someone who might be working with the First Order and that's like really as far as the limits of the show stretch from what we've been told so far. And they're like, and Lucas film has been pretty, uh, they've been playing their cards close to their chest with this one. And they've not been over promising anything. Like they're like, this is what this show is as of right now. And it could be just that. And it could be like Kaz be his quest to become the best racer on the Colossus. Like that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said before, like I'm I would probably I would be okay with that. But if we're going to like, you know, move beyond that, like what happens when you know the resistance comes in and potentially destroys the colossus yeah um, yeah and it, well sorry go ahead no 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 go ahead well i was just gonna say in in either triple dark or fuel for fire i can't remember which which is are the second and third episodes um i mean we we get like captain phasma stepping out of the shadows and revealing yeah. that she's kind of orchestrating stuff with the pirates or whatever um, and so that's like a reveal of, of a character that we knew was going to be in the show, mm-hmm. but I think that could escalate, you know, um, at this point, the setting has been the Colossus for all of these episodes. And I think we'll continue to be the setting basically for, um, probably all of the first season or most of it. Um, but we still had a character reveal of a big time villain from the first order. Um, cause it does cut to, you know, Starkiller base and, and stuff like that. So. I think Kylo Ren is a possibility. Uh, I think Snoke is actually a possibility. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe not super likely, and I don't know that they need to bring Snoke or even Kylo Ren in, but I think they could, you know, and I think that, that could be really interesting, um, especially if the show does pick up a little bit in terms of what it's trying to, um, the, the scope of what it's trying to do. Uh, I think those are, those are possibilities for sure. Um, Finn, um, Maybe a possibility, especially when getting closer to to the Force Awakens. Although I don't really want to see like this crew of characters crossing over or interacting with you know Ray and Finn and stuff like that pre Force Awakens or like even during Force Awakens because I don't think that makes any sense. I mean, Finn left mm-hmm. um, 
the first order and was with Poe and was with Ray and Han and like there was no I don't see how that would really happen. You know what I mean? Uh, um, yeah, and I don't I don't want the show to become kind of what um Rebels sort of did where it's like just who's going to be the the big guest star yeah that you love from the movies right. this episode like in, you know, seasons like two and three and four um, where like it kind of, I mean, it was still centered around the main characters, but I feel like that was like missed opportunities to spend that time developing them instead of developing like further developing like Leia or Lando or any like of the other like guest star characters. Um, So yeah, I hope it, doesn't become that what's in i think what excites me more than the potential to like bump into these other characters is locations like i feel like um you know if they do leave the colossus like i want to see them on canto bite that would be awesome like i want somehow like that like man, if you see a preview for a Resistance episode that's like, like Nico on Canto Bite, or Niku on Canto Bite, like man, like the potential there is amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, there's also like, um, I do feel like <laughs> we've got, we've gotten more, but um, you know, I think there's. No argument that Phasma was underutilized across the first two f- films in the um well, there's some argument. Um in I would argue she or, was not she underutilized, was, but she was utilized to a small degree. Mm-hmm. So and yes, some she- people feel like, you know, there's there's more to that to her, to her story in that um, you know, she played her role in those films which is fine. I also, I guess I phrased that wrong, but like there's more to tell is what I should say. Yeah. And um, I think like telling more there, but I mean, there's so many like getting Maz in there. Um, Paige and Rose. Paige uh, and Rose are a huge possibility, I think, and re- yeah. really would be really great. Yeah. I mean, even we have like, no idea what they were doing or where they were during the force awakens. Uh, really? I mean, well, I guess we do from reading the, the, the journal. Um, yeah. But, but it was like with the resistance, you know, and, and it would present no problem for Kaz or, you know, other characters from the show to cross uh, paths with them at some point. So, yeah. I mean, and like characters from like Maz's castle, um, playing in there, like, I mean, maybe, you know, J- Jakku is like a, like it's, you know, yeah, it's like a dump in a nowhere planet, whatever. But there's also like huge threads of the sequel trilogy and the rise of the First Order that, you know, take place there with all those like buried underground bunkers full of like weaponry and everything else in the Battle of Jakku and all of this, like, I mean, maybe it ends up there. Maybe, maybe we get to see our first glimpse of on-screen Constable Zuvio. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Like, yeah. this is like, 
that's what's cool about the animation like and what they could do with it like yeah i don't really like i i would like to see some of the you know just the locations and some of like the more minor characters in here as opposed to like uh oh we need to get people to watch so here's a you know here's a here's a poe episode here's a kylo episode like which is fine like that stuff's cool and i will enjoy it but like you know i think it would be cool to get a little uh a little bit of like the stuff that we just got like these tantalizing glimpses of um and want more yeah. no. galaxy's edge batu mm-hmm. oh i think that's gonna happen for sure uh yeah. Some some eagle-eyed uh, Star Wars fans uh, already recognized in like a hollow vid or a hollow photo. Um, I think it might even have been Jaeger's family from the Fuel for the Fire episode. Okay. Uh, but one of those images um, like that, uh, they compared, you know, some, some fans like compared to um, concept art of Batu from galaxy's edge and it's exactly the same like the spires oh, and everything wow. are, yeah it's yep so they, they okay. that's already definitely in there so yeah i mean in a in a very small way but it's telling of the the fact that um that'll likely show up in some capacity yeah yeah so, it's, no, i i, it's I i'm cool. with you i'm with you it, I'm, I'm i'm more excited for just expanding our understanding of and our exposure to the galaxy during the sequel era like that's more exciting to me than than just like oh well Mm -hmm. let's bring in you know every big character from the sequel trilogy Mm because i don't see how luke could factor in i don't see how han could factor in he's out smuggling luke's on octo um ray's on jakku uh finn's with the first order um i mean you know it's not like they couldn't do it with most of those characters, but I feel like it would be a stretch and, and it's unnecessary. And um, that's one of those things that like bum me out about <laughs> rebels a lot of times. And even clone wars is like, wow, this is a stretch. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, like I, I sounds like we're definitely in agreement about rebels. Yeah. It was best when it was focused on Lothal focused on those five people that were part of the group, the ghost. And and not trying to bring back Darth Maul and bring back Ahsoka <laughs> and bring back clones and bring back all these different things. Um, I, I liked a lot of that stuff. Cool. What's that? The Ahsoka stuff was pretty cool. The Ahsoka stuff is pretty cool. Um, I mean, I have issues with certain elements of it, but yeah, it is pretty well, cool. Yeah. And like, I actually liked all of it except for Darth Maul. Uh, I liked all of it, but but I didn't like it as much as when it was just like following Ezra and the and Kanan and the Ghost Crew on Lothal. I mean, that's what I like the most, you know? Um, so, but anyway, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think, you know, um, if it, if it remains, if the show remains, you know, essentially what it is right now, uh, after three episodes, I think it will be a lot of fun. And Mm -hmm. I think it will be, you know, I'll feel like I want to watch every week. I won't feel like you said, like, Oh my God, I've got to race to the TV and I'm afraid if I get on Twitter, people are going to spoil what happened. (laughs) Like I'm not checking my phone until it it won't be like that. It'll be more like, Hey, I have a 20 minutes I can spend in the star Wars universe and it's going to be colorful and it's going to be fun and I can watch it with my Mm -hmm. kids. And you know, it's just going to be like a joyful experience, but it will be a, you know, probably lighter, um, more kind of like low stakes experience mm-hmm. and that's okay like i, I like that mm-hmm. yeah. um 
I think it does have the potential though to kind of really be uh, an opportunity to explore the sequel era in a way that we don't get to um, in the movies. And mm -hmm. uh, I think that could also be really cool. So yeah. um, I hope that it, I think my hope for the show, especially based on what we've said about rebels and stuff, my hope for the show is that it knows what it is and wants to be. And it remains true to that instead of, you know, trying to go in too many different directions, um, which I think the animation department has, you know, kind of ended up doing in the past. <laughs> so we'll see, you know. Um, but uh, but overall, I, I really, really like it so far. And mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm definitely excited to keep watching it. It's nice to have um, the promise of a new Star Wars TV show every week again, you know. Yeah. And it hasn't even been that long since since uh, Rebels ended. But um, but it's it's nice to know, like, oh, well, I have a new 22 minutes of, of Star Wars to watch this week. Um, yeah. And I think like the like the end of Rebels kind of like it, it the the hype and the excitement like just gradually deflated for both of us. Like, I mean, I just kind of stopped watching at a point even though i was still like super hardcore into star wars and like reading the comics and consuming the books like rebels just got moved to like the very bottom of the stack after a certain point um but like this does have me like excited again for like weekly weekly star wars yeah and that's cool, especially in the absence of like a film this winter. Um, this will this will be nice. This will be cool. Um, and we get we get a toy line. That toy line's gonna be really cool. Oh, I'm so excited about those toys. I don't know that we're getting a video game, Ryan, but I absolutely one hundred percent agree with you that it is so ripe for a video game. Like mm -hmm. this is this is more um perfect for a video game than than any star wars movie or tv show or you know whatever yeah, in the last give, 10, 15 years give us like, a racing game like yeah. that's it like make it f-zero cross star fox like well, i think it could be or they could even do like a racing slash um space battle game you know depending yeah. on on where the show goes yeah um, we've already had space battles like well we had the pirate attack it's not quite a space battle but i feel like you know it could be it could they could go beyond just flat racing um mm -hmm. all i could i could ha definitely handle that too especially like how incredible would it be if they put out like a 20 dollar, you know um racing like through rings like small downloadable type of game for you know yeah. modern consoles like how great would that be like it doesn't <sighs> so need to good. be a full-on 60 dollar physical release like i would kill for you know just yeah um a, a, a less ambitious just super like narrowly focused 10 levels of racing through rings with online multiplayer so and sonic and all-stars racing transformed yeah yeah but basically. resistance yes exactly yep. it, it that was so a, that was a 40 dollar game that Dude. uh just yep <laughs> that, that could be like that could be like you know uh, we could talk about that in hushed tones when we talk about the very best Star Wars video games, you know, like Super yeah. Star Wars, uh, Shadows of the Empire, Star Wars Racer, Rogue Squadron, and Resistance. Like, those could be, like, uh, the best Star Wars games, you know? Yeah. Man. 
I oh, don't man. think anyone else would agree with that list you just <laughs> threw out there, except like me. Okay. All right. Well, if you agree, I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm pretty on board for all those. Yeah. Yeah, I love those games. So. Um, yeah, totally, totally. Mm-hmm. I hope, like, I hope this, um, like, it's not really like I'm not seeing any, um, any like merchandise or anything. Like, it doesn't have like a big merch push. Right now, like you can't buy anything Star Wars Resistance right now. No, uh, I think the only thing I've seen are some um, young reader books, maybe, and I don't know okay. that they're on shelves yet. But like, you know, the uh, the DK, like I can read level one, I can read level two. Uh, you know, those. Oh, books. Okay, yeah. I think there's some of yeah. those. Um, I don't know if they're out or they're coming out, but yeah, those are happening. Um, but but you're right because I think even when uh, Rebels launched, there was like lunch boxes and like some birthday party supplies. That's yeah. how you know is when is you go right? in the birthday party supplies aisle and you see the stuff. There's a visual guide that came out yeah. during the first season. So, but I don't know that all that stuff was available on launch necessarily. Yeah. Um, so it could be that that getting, stuff is coming. Like, but I remember getting the the visual dictionary like. I definitely seen the show. Yeah. By the time I bought that, there's two of those, and I only have the first one. I need to get the second one. Um, oh, there's one that came out uh, later, like maybe season two or three. So okay. Yeah. Um, you know what? Last thing I have to say about uh, resistance before we wrap, wrap up here is um, there's a blue snaggletooth that was awesome. Um, I don't know if you caught that or not, but the blue snaggletooth caught it because he was. He was um, one of the two aliens. What episode was that? Triple Dark or Fuel for the Fire? That, um, you know, like there was a there was a point where Kaz was like hiding behind like a container, like listening. Mm-hmm. There was a blue snaggle. Anyway, you know, look for it next time. There's a blue snaggle tooth. It was pretty pretty cool. Um, so yeah, hmm. Um, hmm. I feel like there's going to be a lot of little. Actually, you sent me an article. You sent me a link to an article about some of the little references and things. Yeah, I feel like there's going to be a lot of that sort of thing. And and the aliens are on point. You know. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of really cool looking aliens and, and pretty, um, pretty varied, uh, group of aliens in the, in the show, which has been, um, a complaint for some people about the sequel trilogy in the Disney era is like, well, we only get like kind of the same, you know, set of aliens. And there's a lot of aliens that we really love that we're not seeing in this new era, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, and, uh, there's definitely, I think like a, a nice variety of aliens so far in the show. Yeah. Um, also the, like the pod racer announcer yeah reprising yeah reprising his role as a race announcer in star wars very cool did we see him i don't think we saw him right we just heard him yeah i can't picture i don't think we saw him i i I hope we do see that character at some point but but yeah that was that was great to to hear yeah for sure for sure cool Okay, well, uh, I think I'm about ready to wrap up our discussion mm. of the first three episodes, if you are, Ryan. Yeah, we we did not talk about anything that happens in these episodes no, at we all. Really There's didn't. like this whole like plot about like the kids sneaking in to steal and... I want to do. I do want to say I hate that kid. Fuel I hate that kid. I so that. hate that kid. Hate yeah, that guy so sucked. Oh, um, he's the worst. And like the rivalry between like the aces and whatever 
I don't know. And like the aces are like a racing team, but they also defend the Colossus, like the pirates. Like there's all this stuff that happened that like it's true. It, we, we it, didn't talk it about any of it. It does feel kind of like inconsequential, like in the bigger picture. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it is light. It's light fair for sure. But at the same time, it's like, I, I, I kind of feel like if you want to know what happened, watch the episodes. You know, if you want to know what yeah. we think, then you probably don't. But if you want to know what you think, then then that's what, <laughs> like, we'll give you our impressions and our feelings on it and, um, yeah. and try to analyze it a little bit. But uh, I don't, I don't really want to summarize it so much. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, and, and you know what? I, I feel like too, uh, I think we'll be fine to sort of just spend 15 minutes a week. Um, you know, if we're recording weekly, um, or whatever, like talking about, you know, each new episode or something, I, I don't know that we need to do like separate shows about most of these episodes probably. Um, mm-hmm. so it was nice to do this one as our first episode, you know, kind of talking about the show after it, it's come out, uh, to focus entirely on, on these episodes. But, um, I, you know, I'm just getting the impression that, you know, we can talk about the new episodes as they come out for a few minutes, but they, they probably won't necessitate <laughs> deep dive discussions every week, you know? Yeah. Unless like some major yeah repercussions go down. I mean, I guess it's kind of like how we, how we handle the, the comics and stuff. Like, I mean, we're reading those on like a weekly bi-weekly basis, like monthly basis. Yeah. Um, But like, I mean, there's not like, I don't know what I would really have to say about any of them. Like most of the time until like when, when runs are done and when stories are done, like I have like opinions, like, you know, I have opinions on the Poe Dameron series and on the, the original Darth Vader series. But like, you know, as it's like happening, it's just kind of like, okay, we're just moving this story along and we'll see what happens. Well, the thing is, we haven't added that level to our Patreon yet to to support that new show where we go over all the comics. So, yeah, I mean, um, I do it like, <laughs> for free. For I do free. it for free. Yeah, not for some. Yeah. Um, but it's just a matter of like blocking out the time and yeah, actually like have having the time to be caught up. Like, yeah, in 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 the way we've done this show for these 78 episodes anyways is to kind of just like whatever week we're recording just sort of say well what what do we want to what do we about feel like yeah. yeah like what what's the big issue i feel like most of our shows are are pretty much focused on a single topic maybe two topics mm-hmm. but we don't usually do the hey let's cover everything kind of vibe you know so um which we could but you know it's not necessarily where where we want to take it and there's a lot of shows that do a really good job of that so um yeah. for right and now shows I like their own niches yeah like yeah i mean yeah if you want comics discussion listen to comics with kenobi mm-hmm. uh, and jedi journals i was gonna say yeah jedi journals does yeah, a lot with the comics and stuff to those too, shows. So, um, yeah yep but and uh, I like a show called The Bad Motivators, and and those guys uh, break down um, not like all the comics, but they'll they'll dig into mm-hmm. uh, specific comics um, pretty hardcore. So th- there's lots of shows out there for sure yeah. Um, yeah. that do that kind of stuff. So in any case, I think uh, mm-hmm. we're about ready to wrap this one up. So uh, you know we won't we won't be able to watch a new episode of of Resistance for a couple weeks now because that's like such a weird bummer. Like yeah. I think I'm going to rewatch 
I, oh, yeah. I do want to rewatch the first three episodes again. Mm-hmm. Um, also, because the Disney Now app kind of sucks, and mm-hmm. I had like really low video quality. Um, so on I think, those episodes, I think part of the issue, Ryan, is that your internet also maybe kind of sucks because uh, you mm-hmm. told me that like that you it kept dropping quality and stuff for you. I had some issues authenticating. Um, and that was kind of really because of Comcast and also because of the fact that I'm kind of doing this, um, in like a slightly less than legit way in the sense that I'm using somebody, I'm like using a family member's Comcast login because I have Comcast internet, but I don't have Comcast TV channels. Okay. But I have a family member, like a parent that has Comcast TV channels. So I use their login, but Comcast, uh, to their credit is smart enough to be like, Hmm, the IP address you're using is a Comcast, like subscriber ip address or whatever but you don't have those channels at that ip address and i'm like well (laughs) yeah but i'm logging into somebody else and they're like yeah well guess what um (laughs) so i had to get on a different like i had to leave my house um which i was going to do anyways you know but when i was somewhere else on a different wi-fi i could like use those credentials to log into to the app and then when i came home it was like well you're already logged in so it didn't like check again it probably checks every couple of weeks or something like that. So anyways, huh. it's, yeah, it's complicated, but, um, and that's not the Disney now apps fault. It's like opens up the Comcast browser or whatever. It's like totally Comcast that did that, not Disney now. Okay. Um, but, but anyway, when, when I've been logged in, like it streams high quality, no problem, no drops for me or whatever. So hmm. I think it's I don't know. mile high internet of yours, you know, no, because, the air is too no, thin up there or something. Like, I'm not sure. <laughs> I watched like WWE network. And that's fine. Like, well, the network, yeah. I mean, that's I highest quality right there. Paper, um, we watch Netflix and we watch your Hulu account. And <laughs> we... <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. All right, fair enough. Yeah. I, I've been watching DC Universe. Um, okay, so your other it, streaming apps, you don't really have. Everything else works fine. Um, I'll tell you what. Um, I'll tell listeners, I guess. I doubt the deal is still live. I'm almost positive it's not, but uh, I was able to jump on an Amazon Prime video deal to get season one of Resistance for $2.99. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. So, Because yeah, I'm I'll, pretty sure it's $2.99 an episode. It is $2.99 an episode, but for some reason, on Monday or Tuesday of this week, they had the whole season, and I did that with uh, DuckTales also. Um, mm. But DuckTales, they broke the first season of DuckTales up into two, like, series or seasons or whatever you want to call it so maybe that'll be the same thing with uh with resistance here it's like if ducktales first season was 24 episodes like i got the, the second 12 for 2.99 um but it's great because every time a new episode airs you get an email from amazon being like okay do you have a new download available and like mm-hmm. so i have the whole second half of the first season of ducktales on my amazon prime account as well and i can go watch those whenever and uh it'll be the same thing with resistance so it's just that it, when they first started the show out here, they put up three episodes all at once. But once we get caught up now, you know, every week um, they will be up on iTunes and Amazon and Google Play and all that stuff. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, for for um, listeners or viewers who don't have a cable subscription or, you know, a way to watch it on the Disney Now app, um, you can buy it that way too. But uh, keep an eye out because that deal was, uh, was really great. And... Um, you know, I'll, it'll be nice just to have them there if I want to watch them that way. Yeah. And Amazon, Amazon, you can download them too. So if, if you're, you know, going to be leaving the house and you want to watch them, you know, on a bus or a train or, you know, somewhere where you don't have Wi-Fi, you can actually download them um, and watch them, you know, 
without internet. So it's pretty cool. That is really nice. Um, I, I'm looking forward to just watching the show on, um, just on my DVR, um, Uh which records uh, like, you know, from Disney XD, which is the way I watched. We watched, uh, rebels, um, was just on DVR. And then like when it airs, probably just watch it then. Um, So, like, I don't think the Disney app will be an issue, like, going right. forward. Um, so, it's fine. But I, I didn't have a great first experience with it. Yeah. No, it, I had some trouble, too, for sure. So, yeah. all right. Uh, well, with that, we will truly wrap up. So, um, if you want to check out more episodes of our show, uh, of course, you can subscribe on iTunes or on YouTube. Um, but everything is also posted at blockaderunnerpodcast.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, share your thoughts on resistance or feedback on the show um, at uh, blockaderunnerpodcast at gmail.com. Um, our show is on Twitter at Blockade Run. Ryan, you're on Twitter at Braundorf, B R A W N D W A R F. And we're a couple other places too, which you can find uh, at that at that blog um, or website, which is uh, blockheadrunnerpodcast.com. Um, also, if you are enjoying our show, uh, we would love if you would leave a review on iTunes or whatever service you use to uh, listen to the show. Um, that would be um, very helpful. So uh, if you're listening and, and enjoying, um, uh, consider going out and leaving us a review. That would be great. Um, but uh, with that being said, until next time, um we uh, uh we'll be back very soon and, and thanks very much for listening.